Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. Um, we're starting a brand new series of talks, a three-part series called Roots. Everybody say Roots. Roots. Uh, but you kind of have to bark it like a dog. Roots. Like that. One, two, three. Well done. Wouldn't it be amazing to live a life where you felt grounded, firmly established, where you felt rooted in every season? Wouldn't that be incredible to have a kind of life that felt um, not just safe, it's not about safety, but it's about being grounded, about having confidence in your root system. And also, if your roots go deep and healthy, maybe, just maybe, we could live a life where we see um, fruit come in every season, where we flourish in every season. Every season? Every season. What about the, the bummer seasons? Yeah, those too. Every season. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He or she won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. I've never sat there before. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He or she will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. I like that. I want to I build a house right beside the brooks of bliss. Bear, here it is. Deeply rooted, bearing fruit in every season of their life. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life I want. Like I get that occasionally life throws us curveballs. The world that we live in is broken. Things happen that are, that are outside of our control or our, our ability to sort of dictate. Stuff happens. But regardless of the season, to flourish, to bear fruit, wouldn't that be incredible? This, um, this collection of letters and writings that we call the Bible, um, the second half of it, the sort of the Christian Bible, when we read about the life of Jesus and his experience on planet Earth during the first century in the Middle East, the Bible is full of agricultural paradigms. Have you ever noticed that? The Bible's always talking about roots and trees and vines and seeds and soil and planting and harvesting and sowing and reaping. See, when Jesus was alive, um, the society that he lived in was, uh, was an agricultural society. The majority of people that Jesus uh, kind of brushed shoulders with would have had some kind of context, either as being a, a shepherd or living on a farm or working with crops, working with livestock. You know, maybe they work, worked in an orchard, but the majority of the people that Jesus hung out with really understood an agricultural language. I've often wondered if Jesus was alive and well on planet Earth today, if he had come in, in this century, the analogies and stories that he told to teach people, maybe he would use, like, technology. Maybe he used mechanical things to drive home points because our, our context today isn't so much agricultural as it used to be. But life is agricultural. It's not mechanical. 
We talked about this in our last series, how so often we want life to be mechanical when things are difficult or we're going through something, when we feel broken. We just want to find the part that we have to replace, like take the broken part out, put the new part in, close it back up, we're good to go. But that's not life. Life is agricultural. Life is seed in the ground, water the seed, sunshine, fertilizer, water the seed, wait. Right? That's the life that we live in. Rats. I wish it were so simple as when we were going through something that we could just find the right part and fix this sucker. But life is agricultural. So the next three weeks, we're going to talk about three different root systems. We're going to talk about three different kinds of rooting. And um, they look like this. Number one, having deep spiritual roots is giving care and attention to the hidden, to the unseen. Two, having deep spiritual roots is doing what's in front of you and doing it well. And on the third week, we're going to say that having deep spiritual roots is caring for the forest and not just the tree. So that's how we're packaging this series. That's what you can expect over the next uh, three Sundays, including today. Trees are not meant to be uprooted. Now, it's possible you can uproot a tree and replant it. And in doing some research for today, I I found a very nice seven-step process for uprooting a tree and moving it. Has anybody in the room, out of curiosity, ever had to move a tree? Not just like chop it down, kill the roots, but like physically unearth a tree and move it to a new place. Has anybody had that experience before? A couple people. You know, when I was growing up, Uh, In Chatham, Ontario, my dad is one of 11 kids. And my dad's dad, my opa Zanting, um, carried a a disease his entire life called Huntington's disease. And Huntington's never manifested symptoms in my opa. However, it did show up in quite a few of my dad's siblings. The first was my Aunt Jenny. And Aunt Jenny passed away in 1990 uh, because of complications from Huntington's disease. And My Aunt Jenny's husband, my Uncle Jack Decker, had three beautiful daughters, Janice, Krista, and Angela. And my cousin Krista, in 2007, um, passed away from complications from juvenile Huntington's disease. But when Uncle Jack was processing life in 1990 after my Aunt Jenny died, um, one of the things, one of the pieces was that they sold their home. And there was a tree in Aunt Jenny and Uncle Jack's backyard that my dad went and he uh, dug it up, and he moved that tree uh, to 52 Water Street. This is actually one of my childhood homes. Isn't Google Maps the best? Isn't it the best? Because I, I went on Google Maps, and I looked up this, this street address, address in Chatham, Ontario. And there, um, it's a little bit dark, but off to the right um, is a, a coniferous tree. You can see the stem, and then it's, it's kind of triangle shape. But that's, we call that tree the Jenny tree, because my dad successfully... Um, replanted a tree from Aunt Jenny's yard, and she was she had a beautiful yard, and he planted it in, in our front yard, and that tree is still flourishing and growing today. But it's not the norm to uproot a tree, and it takes a lot of work. Step one of the uprooting a tree process, do you know what it is? The tree has to be dormant. The tree has to be in a dormant state. 
You know, as a pastor, um, over the years, I've seen a lot of people try and uproot their lives. They try and uproot for a lot of different reasons. They're uproot, they try and uproot from healthy community, maybe because they're scared. They uproot from family. They uproot from a great local church. They uproot from a job. They uproot from a relationship or a marriage. A lot of different reasons, a lot of different circumstances, but I've seen a lot of people uproot over the years. And I can't help but think that like a tree, you and I are meant to be deeply rooted. You and I are meant to have roots that are healthy and that experience longevity and and growth and sustainability for a long, long, long time. And I'm not about to dive into the circumstances or the consequences of why uprooting your life from a city or um, a job or a relationship even can be a good thing. I'm not going to talk about that today. I just want to say it's hard to move a tree. It's really hard. It's a lot of work. And so what does it look like for us to be the kind of people committed to having roots that are healthy and go down deep for a long time? Regardless of the season, the relationship that God invites us into is one of health and life and bearing fruit, flourishing for years and years and years and years to come. It's always along the lines when people uproot from something, I always hear something along these lines, I can't see how God is at work here anymore, so I must be in the wrong place. I can't see what God's up to right now, so I must be in the wrong place. It's time to uproot and move. You know, just because you're not seeing fruit in your life doesn't mean that God's not at work. Just because you don't see the fruit doesn't mean that God's not at work in your life. Just because you can't see the fruit of what you've been praying for, what you've been believing God for, it doesn't mean that stuff's not happening. Just like that little six-year-old boy that brought home that tiny little seed in a plastic cup and watched day after day after day by the windowsill in mom and dad's living room, watered that little seed and didn't see squat diddly for days and days and days. And then eventually, along the edge of the cup, beneath the soil, he saw a little hint of green. Why? Because those roots were pushing down, down deep, long before anything poked through the surface. Just because you can't see what you've been believing God for, it doesn't mean that God's not at work beneath the surface. It doesn't mean that he's not brewing, pushing down, and causing your roots to go a little bit deeper. Banning Liebscher, pastor of Jesus Culture in Sacramento, he said this, Be content in the process. Don't look above ground where everyone else can see. God is active. He's at work. It's just beneath the surface in your root system, even when you can't see it. See, roots are hidden. They're underground. They're in the dirt. They're messy. They're filthy, actually. They're not tidy and linear. They're all over the place, but they're beneath the surface. They're not clean. Roots are in process. So today, number one, having deep spiritual roots is giving care and attention to the hidden, to the unseen. How do you lean in and pay close attention to the hidden things in your life? We tend to be fixated on the stuff that not only we can see, 
but that we hope other people can see. What grabs our attention most of the time is the external, the circumstances. That's what gets our focus. That's what gets our worry. That's what gets our emotional responses. The surface, the circumstantial stuff, the stuff on the outside. At the same time, we work so hard to build an exterior image that we hope other people are going to see. Why? Because we want other people to see what we've got going on. Do you know God's at work in the hidden? God's at work in the, in the secret. God's at work beneath the surface. What separates me from other human beings isn't somehow that I'm in process. No. We're all in process. Every single one of us is in process. Every human being is currently in this moment in process in some way. What separates us is whether or not we are thriving in the process. What sets us apart as God's kids isn't the fact that we're in process. We're all in process. You know when people pay attention? When people look on and go, what are they smoking? It's when we thrive in process. That's when God gets the credit. That's when people's eyes light up and, and they pay attention to how God's at work in our life. When we, th- regardless of the season, summer, spring, autumn, winter, regardless, God's at work. God isn't satisfied with temporary results. Have you ever thought about that? Do you know the God that we serve? He's not a eh, good enough kind of God. Sometimes this really bugs me. You're laughing because you agree with me. But the God that we serve isn't a, a, he's not into sort of this um, temporary results. He's in the business of permanent and lasting and ongoing change. That's the God that we serve. Sounds like a lot of work. Well, yes and no. The beautiful thing is that you and I are invited into a relationship with God through grace And Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so there can be a vitality and a freshness, even in the midst of this ongoing process. Things that feel challenging, things that feel difficult, things that feel hard, things that feel like victory, things where we, seasons that it's going so well, we forget there is a God. Come on. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, man, things things have been feeling pretty good for months. I, I don't think I've prayed in months. Careful now. Um, right? The hope is that each one of us would be a steady and ongoing story of growth into the image of Jesus, bit by bit, day by day, ongoing process. Enduring fruitfulness is actually a mandate on your life. To bear fruit, and not just bear fruit, but to bear fruit that remains is, is the life we've been invited into. If you're here today and you've made a decision to follow and trust Jesus with your whole life, There is a mandate on your life to bear fruit in every season, regardless of the season. And if you're here today and you haven't made up your mind yet about where things stand between you and God, that's okay. Want to know something? There's also a mandate on your life to bear fruit in every season. Except what we need to learn is that to have a healthy root system means that we need to be rooted in Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today. That's the hidden, the secret, the, the commitment to paying attention to the hidden things. Having deep spiritual roots is giving care and attention to the hidden, to the unseen. You know, Jesus taught um, about us being uh, branches connected to a vine. That all of us are, are like 
uh, agricultural product of, of being rooted in Jesus. He put it this way in John 15. He said, I am a true sprouting vine. The farmer who tends the vine is my father, God. God cares for the branches that are connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words that I have spoken over you have already cleansed you, so you must, here it is, remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. Jesus says, I want you to remain in a life union with me because he commits to being in a life union with you. So what does that mean? I want to be in a life union with Jesus. Jesus goes on to say, For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to me. So this ongoing fruitfulness, this this productivity, regardless of the season, is somehow connected to us remaining attached to Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. You know, we we need to desire an ongoing union with Jesus. This this isn't um, as simple as sort of a Sunday school gig where you're like, yeah, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Sign me up. That sounds good, right? Now, I don't, I don't diminish the beauty of a child kind of communicating a faith in serving Jesus. But what Jesus invites each one of us into is like a 24-7, daily dealing, new every morning, union with him. Living in union with Jesus Jesus invites us into this life union where his words live powerfully inside of us. It's in our heart where we become rooted in our relationship with Jesus. It's in our heart that this point of connection takes place. Jesus wants to develop a heart-to-heart connection with every single person to the point where you become fully united with him. What Jesus thinks, we think. What Jesus speaks, we speak. How Jesus feels is how we feel. What Jesus does is what we do. This is what it means to remain in him, to be in life union with him. Regardless of the season. Today, I don't know how you feel about your tree, your branch. You're like, I'm, I'm standing tall, flourishing, or like I've been knocked down, or somewhere in between. As I was researching, I came across this photo of a tree. Knocked down, unearthed, but so deeply rooted that it just continued to grow. And I don't know if you can tell, but that tree is like full of flowers. It's just like blooming, bearing fruit in a season of being knocked down. But its roots are so well established that it continues to thrive, even though it's knocked down. And in the deep theological words of Chumbawamba, I get knocked down, but I get up again, right? You know the song. Y'all like, come on, preach, preacher. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's all I got. But here's the point. I don't care. I do care. I care about you. I care about what season you're in. But God says, it doesn't matter what season you're in. 
you can still bear fruit. You can still be vitalized. Here's some facts about tree roots. Most tree roots are located in the top 6 to 24 inches of the soil. You know, when I think about tree roots in the past, I think about roots going down, 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 down. But they don't actually go down, down, down. They live in the top 6 to 24 inches of soil. You know what they do? They go out, 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 out. Two to four times the diameter of the tree. Not the trunk. The whatever it's called. The foliage. The leafy part. The canopy. Thank you, Shireen. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Shireen. The canopy. The roots go out. The underneath the surface is the root system that goes out two to four times wider than what you can see with your naked eye. You know, do you spend two to four more times in your lifetime focused on the beneath the surface stuff? Are you so committed to the hidden and to the secret? Or are you just concerned with the external? What do people see? Do you spend two to four times the amount of time on the stuff in your life that nobody sees versus the external things? See, God wants to make us bigger, but he wants to make us bigger on the inside. And he's like, don't, don't worry about getting bigger on the outside. That'll work itself out. I want to make you bigger on the inside. I want to grow your character. I want to grow your internal worth. I want to grow your identity. I want to grow your sense of self as it filters through Jesus, not the things that are on the outside, but the things that are on the inside. You see, our root systems, they're built in secret. They're built where no one can see them growing. We have to submit and surrender our lives to the secret internal growth if we desire to have lives that make a noticeable impact on the world around us. You know, desiring to make a difference in the world that we live in is not a bad thing. But doing it for the wrong reasons is a bad thing. Getting caught up in just building the external stuff is, is an unhealthy thing. Focusing on the internal. Giving care, I'm going to put it this way, giving care and attention to the hidden and the unseen happens when we devote ample time to the secret place, to the hidden. What's the secret place? You know, one of the characters that we read about um, in the Bible, his name is David. And David was uh, a giant killer. He was a king above kings. Uh, he was a poet and a songwriter. Um, a lot of us maybe grew up hearing um, incredible um, accounts of David killing a, a giant named Goliath, David and Goliath. Did you ever hear that story if you grew up? In, you probably even heard that story if you didn't even grow up in church. But when we re re read about David's life, um, he gives language to the secret place in a way that no one else ever did. And as I studied David, you know, there was a point when he was a teenage boy where a prophet came along and, and poured oil over his head and said, David, you're going to be the king one day. And you know, it took 20 years from that point to the point that he actually took the throne. And in that season, he just stayed faithful to his dad, worked out in the fields and was a shepherd. And, and we read in, in some of the po poems and the songs that David wrote about this secret place. Psalm 16 says, a precious song uh, by David. He says, keep me safe, almighty God. I run for dear life to you, my safe place. 
Psalm 25, there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promise. Psalm 27, in God's shelter in the day of trouble, that's where you'll find me, for he hides me there. He smuggled me into his secret place. Psalm 31, David says, so hide all your beloved ones, God, in that sheltered secret place before your face. That rhymes would make a good hip-hop song. Overshadow them by your glorious presence. Again, the secret place. Psalm 32, David says, Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from trouble, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Psalm 81, you called me out in your time of trouble, and I rescued you, God says. I came down from the realm of the secret place where mysteries hide. I came down to save you. I tested hearts at the place Again, the secret place in God. Psalm 91, when we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place. David giving language to this time and time again. Secret place, hidden place, hiding place, secret place. You informed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. There it is again. Um, They put those references. I whipped through those, but they're on the screen if you want to take a photo of that and look them up later. But on and on, David gives language to this When I'm going through something, when things feel great, I turn to my secret place. I turn to the hidden. I turn to the unseen. God, I want to have a root system that's spiritually strong, and so I'm going to pay close attention to the hidden things. I'm going to pay close attention. Most tree roots are located in the top 6 to 24 inches in an area two to four times the diameter of the canopy of the tree. Do you spend two to four times the amount of time on the stuff in your life that no one sees versus the external things. I mean, this isn't just a spiritual thing. I, um, I like to sing. I love to sing, actually. I've been singing since I was a kid. And I, I grew up in a musical home. I took years and years of piano lessons and music theory lessons and Submitted hours and hours and hours of painful time to a vocal coach who worked with me and trained me. And nobody ever saw that. One day, uh, I had a, an elderly gentleman walk up to me. He actually wasn't that old, but he was, I was in my 30s. I think he was in his 50s. So if you're 50s and I just called you elderly, please forgive me. So he wasn't that old. I know, it's very young. I'm getting close now, so... Um, I had a dude walk up to me. Let's just put it that way. And he said, he said, Jono, um, I love your voice. And I said, thank you. He says, you're a really good singer. I said, I appreciate that. He said, I wish I could sing like you. And I said, you can. And he went, what? I said, you can. I can? I said, yeah, if you can talk, you can sing. And you can learn to sing better. I, it's proven science. He says, I'm tone deaf. There's no such thing as tone deaf. There's not? No. You just haven't trained your inner ear to connect pitch to your voice yet. I could teach you, but it would take time. Oh. I said, if you want to sing like me, maybe even better than me, just commit to the process. I said, you haven't seen the years and years and years that I've invested in trying to learn how to become a better singer. So what you see is me getting up on a stage and just singing. You're like, I wish I could do that. You could do that if you committed to the process. Sports. My 11-year-old son said to me the other day, he says, Dad, I want to play in the NHL. Keep in mind, he's 11. He's never played hockey in his lifetime. (laughs) So I didn't want to crush his dream, but I'm like, dude, 
I should have put you on skates when you were two, right? Because of the hustle that's required to make it to the NHL. The significant amount of day in, day out, morning, noon, and night ice time where you'd practice the skills of becoming a great hockey player. This works in the world that we live in. We see it, the process. And we see the end results and we go, man, that's incredible. I wish I could have that. You can. But it doesn't just work in the natural. It also works in the spiritual. See, God's in the process. God's in the roots. God's beneath the surface. E.M. Bounds was a 19th century American author, attorney, and pastor. He was a foremost author in his day and age on writing about prayer. And just a real man of faith. And here's a quote. He said, um, I'm going to read the quote as it is, and it's not very gender-friendly, so forgive that. But here's what he said. He said, the man, God's man, is made in the closet. His life and his profoundest convictions were born in his secret communion with God. But I could simply put it this way. God's woman, the woman, is made in the closet. Her life, her profoundest convictions are born in that secret communion with God. Because having deep spiritual roots is giving care and attention to the hidden, to the unseen. Step one of seven of uprooting a tree well is that that tree has to be dormant. Are you in a season where you're feeling tempted to uproot your life? Uproot your life from healthy community. Uproot your life from a job, from from a local church, from a, a family relationship. Uproot your life from your own relationship with Jesus. You know, it's often in dormancy where we feel like we're not being effective. And we're looking at all the external stuff of our life and we get overwhelmed or saddened or downright depressed because we're staring at the external. Make sure you're not dormant, yeah. You get to set the tone for your inner secret life. But remember that Jesus wants to develop a heart-to-heart connection with each and every one of us. And that connection happens internally, beneath the surface, in our roots system, where Jesus says, I desire for you to think like I think, want what I want, speak like I speak, do what I do. This is that remaining in him that he talked about in the book of John, having deep spiritual roots, giving care and attention to the hidden and the unseen. It happens when we devote ample time to the secret place. So what does the secret place look like? Well, the secret place is you and I serving Jesus well outside of this room on Sundays. It's you and I having this thought click in our brain that we don't go to church. We are church. We are ecclesia is the Greek word. It's like this vibrant, living, breathing follower of Jesus each and every day of my life when it counts the most, but especially in the private. Two to four times effort, energy, life, commitment, devotion to the inner work than we spend on the external stuff. Or maybe just start with 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes in prayer. Yeah, but I don't know how to pray. You know how to have a conversation. You're good to go. But don't I need a special language to pray, Jono? No. And whoever taught you that, I'm going to punch him in the nose. What else does that secret place look like? And again, it could just be 10 minutes a day. Meditation. Ooh. Does that mean I have to do yoga? No. It just means you have to think about what Jesus thinks and then speak about what Jesus speaks. 
That's meditation? Actually, it is. Yeah. Did you know that God invented meditation? <laughs> Open your Bible and look up the word meditate. Meditate in my word day and night is what he says. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Pray. Think about what Jesus thinks about. And then speak about what Jesus speaks about. And then do the things that Jesus does. Read. Study. But start. Start somewhere. Develop your inner work. Develop, develop your inner root system. Psalm 1, what delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. Your pleasure and your passion is remaining true to the word of God, of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of that light. You will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of your life. You will never be dry, never faint, ever be blessed, and ever be prosperous. Sign me up. That's what I desire. But more than that, that's what God desires for you. That's what God desires for us. But it begins by having deep spiritual roots. And you taking time in every season, every day, to give care and attention to the hidden to the unseen. What's God speaking to you today? What's God doing inside of you that nobody can see? Pay attention to that. What's God asking you to restore, to mend, to grow inside? Give care and attention to the hidden and the unseen. Devote ample time to that secret place. I don't know about you, but I want to stand firm in my life like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted. I hope over the next couple weeks as we get into some more specific things about roots, about doing what's in front of you and doing it well, a life of stewardship. And having deep spiritual roots, meaning caring for the forest and not just the, the, the tree. Do you know that you can't have deep spiritual roots without community? We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But I hope you come back next week, Sunday, and the week after as we head into Easter, as we continue to look at this idea of roots. But today what I wanted to drive home is that even if you can't see it, God's at work. Even if you can't see it, he's still beneath the surface doing what only he can do. He's still paying close attention to your deep spiritual roots. Whatever you're praying through, whatever you're believing God for, whatever you've been asking, maybe in this season or in like a long, long, long season, God's at work. Be patient. Be committed to the process. He's for you. He's not against you. He is with you. And more than that, he's given us his spirit and his son, Jesus, to spend time with, to foster that relationship with, that, that heart-to-heart connection with. Let's, let's dig into that this week. Amen? All right. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you that um, here in, in this month, in 2019, we can, we can look back at the story and the life of Jesus Christ. We can look back at how you've been at work in the world for, for generations, for centuries. And we can, we can lean into that and cause it to encourage us in our season, to encourage and enrich our lives in this day and age. Thank you that um, more than ever, you're at work in our lives. God, even when we can't see it, you are with us and you are at work. And God, if we've been trying to 
pay too much attention to the external things. Help us to remember today that you're right there in the hidden, in the unseen, in the secret place. That you're at work even when we can't see it. You're moving on our behalf. You're working things out for our good. When we get impatient, when we get hurried, when we want to see the results in our time, in our way, God, help us to remember to trust you, to remember that you are God and that we are not. Help us to open up our eyes to this heart-to-heart connection that Jesus invites us into, that we would experience such a meaningful relationship with you because of Jesus. That's your desire for each and every one of us today. Maybe this week we'll start a new habit of prayer, of, of reading and studying the words that have written, been written down in the Bible, and meditating on those words, allowing them to change our heart, change our thinking, change how we speak, change how we act. God, even if it's just a few minutes every day that we would, we would go into that quiet place with you, that secret place, that hidden space, and invite you to do your best work in us. God, we love you. We honor you today. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit EvolveChurch.com. We hope to see you soon.